0: and mp3 downloads and now with this week's teaching bishop malcolm smith the lord be with you everyone and i want to share with you a word that has i would say dominated my understanding of the scriptures and of this christian life for these many decades And it's a word I have written in the book, Lost Secret of the New Covenant, and um, so on. It's a word that I I think it's vital that we fully understand it. We might even take more than one week on this. And that word is, uh, well, it's variously translated in different versions of the Bible. And so if you've got your very old King James it will have mercy. But really, I, I'd like you to forget that. It's it's not the right word. In your more modern, um, like the New American Standard, it's translated as loving kindness, which is a great word, as long as you understand what it means, and um, so on. And so I want, just for a start, we we could drop down all over the Old Testament and find this word, but this particular text has in it more than the word, which I want to emphasize at this time. So it's Psalm number 26 and in verse 3, he says, For thy loving kindness is before my eyes and I have walked in thy truth. My loving kindness is before my eyes. Um, that is, is probably the highlight of the psalm. The psalm is the description that he gives of the world in which he lives. Uh, and, and it's a world of wickedness. And he describes um, being in the midst of the lying, the greed, the cheating, and, and uh, the, the way in which the wicked cover it over and go on their way. And he's there in the middle of it and the pressure of that kind of a world is upon him. And and he's making the statement here in this psalm that he's not part of that world. He's in that world, but he's not of it. And the way he describes the, the kind of life he knows is with this word and so he he is saying if this is what the world around me but your loving kindness is before my eyes i have walked in your truth and so let's look at it and uh, some of this you've heard me say before i trust there will be others that will be new nuggets of truth to grab a hold of your heart loving kindness And the reason why we have such a problem translating this word into English is because there is really nothing in the Western world to describe what it is. Loving kindness arises from a covenant that has been made. Emphasize that. A covenant has been done, sealed. Blood has been shed. A covenant meal has been eaten together and they are now described as covenant friends, those who have entered into covenant. So it's a covenant accomplished and done and it results then in a bond of love. It, it results in a union. In covenant, two parties have become functionally one one does not become the other the other does not become the other they are their own persons but functionally they are one their histories will merge and they will now face life together as one union bond binding together all of those words and how does that work out The the making of covenant is a grand and glorious matter, but how does it work out in practice? You see, the word covenant, and this I know we've talked about before, the word covenant, you see, we don't use it much today, and when we do, most of the time we misuse it. it. It means the total giving of oneself. It's a high form of love. It's not necessarily romantic love. It is that love that gives itself to and for another. It is that love that says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am with you "...through hell and high water, even when you make mistakes, I have thrown in my lot with you, and we are bound together in life." Covenant, as opposed to our Western word, contract, which is a self-centered word that protects oneself against someone you don't trust. No, this this covenant, union bond, it, it means that functionally there's no separation between the two parties. They are immersed in one another and each other's history, covenant. And I say again then, how does this work out in practice? Now, in all of the Psalms, in fact, let let's say throughout the scripture, that's not altogether true there are instances of humans entering into this covenant but generally speaking all the references to covenant and to loving kindness in the scripture point us to the incredible heart of the gospel that God father and son and Holy Spirit have entered into covenant with humans and so you have the expressions in Scripture that, that, oh God, you are my God. That That is, I've laid hold upon God himself and call him my possession. It's almost beyond words to say or think that we have now entered into a covenant where God has made himself available to us where the very life and love and light of God himself now is flooding, pouring into our lives. And he says of us that you are my people. That is, this covenant works both ways. And he says, you are people of my possession. Remember last week, uh, he, you are my treasure, you are my special You are my darling. All of those words would express, you are my people. And so if you've read through the Old Testament, you will remember that phrase, especially in the prophets. I will be their God. They shall be my people. A covenant. God is love. And therefore covenant means his personal presence. His personal presence is given to us into every area, every facet of our lives. Every little detail of life. I am with you, he says. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. God is love, which means he has bound himself in covenant and we look at how this works out in life you see and of course once we've said this covenant love um please understand this it has nothing to do with what we might call today falling in love you know you know what i mean There's this I, I, idea that uh, I sort of like you, and, and you excite me, and, and, and so let, let's live together until I find out I really don't like you, and then I'll leave you, walk out on you, and that's all okay. Uh, no, you see that that's something that's an invention, really, of the twenty first century. Twentieth century we started the whole thing. Um, no, when when God says love, it is this committed love. Committed. It's a love of a person's will and choice. It's not merely a, a feeling, a, a sheep eyed look at us. No, it is God's total being. It is His will that is given to us. Yet, and this, uh, please, you've got to get this strongly. That though it be a a will, a choice, an intention, a purpose, all those words, God's love toward us, yet that love of will is passionate. And he speaks of that love in terms of delighting in, which is a word used in the scripture to describe how uh, a man looks at his beloved woman, how a woman gazes into the eyes of her beloved. and, and, And that word delight in is used of God. And he speaks over and over of us knowing him. And that's another word used of marriage. And, and so God's love for us, though it be rooted in will and choice, yet it is fiery hot with passion and delight and feeling with us. I suppose um, marriage today is the last vestiges of covenant. Um, that's assuming you, you are married in a liturgical setting. Um, there, there is, is every part of the liturgical marriage service is based upon a covenant. And, and that that's it, isn't it? Why are these two persons standing in front of me? Because they love. There is a, a burning desire and passion and delight. That exists between them. Now I'm calling them beyond their feeling. I, I am reaching into their will and I'm asking you, will you take this man? Will you take this woman? And, and I'm asking them to make a commitment which I spell out to them in detail in, in rich for rich, for poorer, for good days, bad days, sickness, health anything that comes crashing through your lives you, you, will, will you stand with this woman will you stand with this man and and, and shall it be until death does part you and, and and they say yes and that yes in the liturgical service is a sworn oath before and to God calling upon God's help and strength to do it it's a covenant you see the oath of God. And so you could say that it's not a legal matter, and yet it is binding. We we have witnesses. That's why you go to a wedding. Of course, I don't know if you know that, but you go to a wedding not just to get all teary-eyed and see the bride dressed up. You go to a wedding to be a witness to a covenant. And in, in our service, so I, I turn to the persons and say, will, will you, and I involve them in this. So, that kind of love, do you understand me? It's it's devoted love. It has all the delight, all the passion, all the wonder of love, but it is rooted in the most solemn promises. It is, I, I, we've moved into the will and we recognize only God can give me strength to do this. So, this covenant love is love that chooses to be obligated, that's the word, obligated to this other party. It's love that chooses to be limited, bound to this one party, and to give oneself to that other bound together for life to be there through every situation that life might bring up that that's covenant love how does that work out it's the third time i've said that How, how does i mean the day of the covenant making is a high and holy day and we'll remember it every year on its anniversary And there's deep feelings, and those feelings will continue. But every time you come, well no, but 99% of the time you come to this word loving kindness, it is talking about how this works out in life. Loving kindness is the word that describes the working out of this covenant kind of love. And and working it out in every detail, every facet of existence. Um, It it gives me reason, I mean, all over the Old Testament. It tells me that I can look to his loving kindness, the love that will always be there, that arises out of covenant. Loving kindness. And so, I say, almost every time, loving kindness is used in the scripture, Old Testament especially, it it describes, and the words used are doing, or keeping, or demonstrating, or showing loving kindness. Loving kindness is not just a jolly good idea, you see. Loving kindness... is not just um, something that's to be discussed and uh, talked about. Loving kindness can only be understood as the doing. The person of the covenant is doing what they said and their love is being now shown or demonstrated in what they do. Their their love is, is... keeping his promises, their love, doing them, all those words that you will find all through the scripture connected with loving kindness. The, the message paraphrase um, really has come up with a very good, uh, it, it's, it's three words, but with hyphens. So it's sort of one word in three for loving kindness. He, he translates that as love in action. It's covenant love in action, never to be debated, never to be discussed, only to be seen doing, only to be demonstrated in life, only to be shown as keeping. God is in action in our lives. That's loving-kindness and is toward the total person. So he is active in revealing himself to my innermost person, my spirit, my core being. But he's active in my mind. He, he walks through all the pathways of my mind. He's with me, and, and he's revealing himself as the one who now loves me. He walks in my emotions healing the past bringing all loose ends together and bringing me into that state of joy which the realization of love brings this is loving it it affects um, even the cells of our body because it affects our core being that reverberates out into the atomic structure of our organs and skin and every cell of our bodies all of my human existence I, I cannot go to work I cannot sit at the desk or work in a factory without the realization that I am in, surrounded by the loving kindness of God that right now at this moment is all that I need hmm. so loving kindness or covenant love in action hyphen 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 um, covenant love in action I say again it follows it flows from the fact a covenant has been done and, and so Just the very fact of his love active in our lives today is the declaration that his love has accomplished his end. He has achieved union. He has done it. It's accomplished. It's finished. We don't have to go back there and hope everything's okay, you see. We don't have those stupid things where we get saved every week, whatever that means. It's No, we have come to rest. It is done. It is finished. Now we live in the loving kindness, which is the unwrapping of that love and that final act of God's love. And loving kindness always has in it uh, the what we have put out plainly in the wedding service when we say, until death do us part. It, it is... Always that loving kindness, it's assumed, it's part of covenant, that it is faithful to death. That is, there's never going to be an event in life where loving kindness would sit down and say, well, old chap, you know, this is pushing it too far. You're on your own now. No, whatever it is that takes place, whatever the happening, he is faithful to the very end. And of course, with Uh, God's loving kindness to us, uh, death is not the end. Death is just the hiccup on the road of life. And so loving kindness goes on into age upon age upon age. Loving kindness. So persistent loving kindness. God's immediate present love never quits. Cannot give up on us. And I I think I've said it, but I I know so many persons who live in anguish, and there's no other word for it, anguish of guilt, condemnation, because they failed here, they failed there, and their, their feeling is they failed themselves to the point of being abandoned and thrown out. Look, let's get this straight. The matter of failure and sin has been dealt with through the blood of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is never quitting. He never abandons you. When you fall into the ditch, He comes in the ditch with you. He will not leave you. That's loving kindness. Take that out. And there's no loving kindness. Loving kindness is this stubbornness, this holy stubbornness to the point where we can expect that. That that there's no time in all of life when we wonder if he's quit. No. He who began a good work, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, says Philippians. He never quits. And therefore... And sometimes this doesn't feel legal. It doesn't feel right, and that's because of our brainwash with religion and legalism of days past. That we can expect this. I, 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 I don't know how many pastors have said to me, "You can't say that. You can't expect God to love you when you've screwed up." Oh yes, you can. The Bibles full of it, full of it. And I surely don't need to. Rehearse it before you. The the fellow who wrote this psalm. If ever there was a man that publicly, royally screwed up, David did. But the Lord never left him. Never, never. Just picked up and continued love, weaving together his purpose. It was a different road that was taken, for sure, because of the mess that he made, but it never quit. It always brought back to the purpose. Um, Peter, do I have to remind you, the man who cursed, blasphemed, said he never knew Jesus? The first words Jesus said when he rose from the dead, go and tell my disciples, and tell Peter too. Because Jesus, knowing human persons are Peter probably thinks he's no longer a disciple. No, said Jesus. Tell my disciples and, and include Peter in that. And, and just just for the kicks of grace, I'm going to have him preach the first sermon on the day of Pentecost. He never quits it. We, we can anticipate God's love. When everybody has rejected us, we can anticipate a demonstration of God's love. That's why we call upon the covenant with expectancy, not like beggars, but we call upon that covenant and in so do honor the name of God, honor his love. We have a relationship with him that's, it, it begins with amen. <laughs> yeah, the, our relationship begins with amen, which means that's the way it is. So, And so loving kindness carries this incredible, awesome sense of of God's presence. Not only sense, no, the word assurance, the is-so of God's presence with us. Being faithful to all his promises. So, am I helping you in this? I, I have a strong feeling I'm speaking to somebody that's been really baptized in legalism and this seems too good to be true well it is true that's why they call it gospel that, that, that this is our God and we don't have to visit this anymore we just start learning to live in the expectancy and anticipation we open our eyes in the morning and whatever else we're not sure of this we are sure of Uh, that he's there, I slept in him he's in me in the night hours he's in me and through me and upon me in the day hours for me to live is Christ And so all his promises that deal with every part of my being which means he cares for me at the deepest level to the outermost uh, petty little needs of life as Jesus said that we're not anxious, like, we're not like the rest of this world that they call Gentiles, those who do not know the covenant. No, they're full of anxiety and worry and they sweat and they they live to eke together the cash to live. No, we rest in Father who works that out and opens doors for work and brings us to places where we can find all provision that's the way he is he's our protection he's our health all of life comes under this assurance of his presence with us and of course i said that the old translations of the bible use the word mercy for this hebrew word and and i've said that's a bad translation it is because mercy is not what i've been just saying But mercy, on the other hand, has one, it is part of this, in that mercy speaks of the tenderness. It it, it speaks of the gentleness and the kindness, the sheer goodness of God, his compassion toward us. And so the operation of his loving kindness, his loving action in our life, is his gentleness and kindness. If, If there's a harsh voice inside of you that accuses you, be sure that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is defined for us. We have a character reference on the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, goodness, gentleness, kindness, patience, you you know. Well, we, we often think of the fruit of the Spirit being something in our lives, as if that text is about us. Well, yes, it is. That is true. But before it's true of us, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That is, this is the character reference concerning the Holy Spirit. And he's always love because the Holy Spirit is God. And God is love. And therefore the Spirit can never be otherwise. And he is always joy. The Holy Spirit, in fact, throughout the Bible, is always linked to joy. There's the joy Of the love of God present with us. Holy Spirit, that's the way he is. He never comes to you depressed over your condition. (laughs) He never comes to you frustrated. He never looks at you and says, you did what? No, his joy. joy in the fact that forgiveness and his action love is here, present now and so he's hes always he brings us peace because he is peace he, Holy Spirit is gentle he's kind that's why I say there's never a, a harsh rebuke in his words it always comes from Satan he's the accuser Holy Spirit isn't, he's life and so there it is loving kindness now when I move into the New Testament, I discover what essentially has been hidden in the Old Testament because God never shows us anything unless we, it's on a need to know basis. And until Jesus came, there was no need to expound on the Holy Trinity. But when Jesus came, he brings with him this entrance into the heart of God, and we, we discover something. That, that is absolutely well mind-blowing at that point I was lost for words to find the word to say what it is mind-blowing, unspeakable that the covenant that we see on all the pages of scripture it, it comes from a covenant before that and, and what, what it amounts to is that this binding of love This covenant love is the love that gives us the Holy Trinity. That the Father loves the Son, loves in all the way that I've been talking, love. The Father has poured himself into the Son so that Jesus would say the Father is in him there's no part of the son that the father is not in and he, the son speaks of his love to the father in fact he says that he comes out from the father such is the union he's not merely beside the father though he is he's not merely with the father though he is he says I come out from him he is God from God and that is love Bound together so that to speak to the one is to speak to the other. And this takes place in the Holy Spirit, who is the revelator of the Father's love and the revelator of the Son's love, who in fact is this covenant love that is between them. And the desire of the Holy Trinity is to include you into that love. So much so that the Son, who is one with the Father, now takes to Himself our humanness. And we have a genuine, authentic human that is in this love of the Father and of the Spirit. And he through his death and resurrection achieves that end and brings us into this same union. Can you get it, oh please? Salvation is ten trillion times more than having sins forgiven. That that is just the crack of the door. It's just opening to this immense world in which you are brought into a covenant relationship with the Father because the Son grabbed a hold of you and included you into him and now carries you to the Father. That, that, that's, that's really the, the essence of the good news. Did you realize who you are? After this is over, go look in the mirror and, and, and tell yourself who you are. And don't say quickly that I'm a child of God. Do you realize what that means? That you are a participator in the very life of God. That you have been one with Jesus. And Jesus is one with the Father. That includes you then. And the Father is in Jesus. Well, then He's in you. And so Jesus says, we will come and make our abode inside of you. And how does that all work out? Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. The same Holy Spirit that has been upon him in all of his earth walk. He now shares with us so that the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals to us the Father's love, reveals to us all that Jesus is and has done, and is in fact all that Jesus is. He is within us. The Holy Spirit, you see, is loving kindness. The Holy Spirit is love in action. I think that's why a lot of... Um, a lot of religion is terrified of the Holy Spirit. Terrified. There's no other word for it. Um, that they, they they will shut the door in your face. They will shut the pulpit from your words. They will flee from your presence if you start talking of a real Holy Spirit, who is more real than I am, and yet He has taken up residence and calls my body His temple and calls me in Ephesians 2 the habitation of God through the Spirit Lord can we stop and think about these words for an hour or two Uh, he is the love in action Holy Spirit is now God's love at work in this century God's love at work in this year this month, this week, this day, this minute and, and so in our lives right now, Holy Spirit is the fullness of God's love present with us. So it says that he's poured out the love of God in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. He permeates our entire lives. John asks the question, Or he kind of gives the answer to the questions assumed. How do we know that we are inside the love of God and the love of God is inside of us? How do we know that? How do we know this love in action? And he answers the question by his spirit which he gave. The spirit does that. And then in 1 Corinthians 2, Paul is saying Apart from the Spirit, we know nothing. It's, it's the Holy Spirit who comes to us from the very heart of the Father, from the very heart of Jesus the Son, and he comes revealing to us everything that is ours, this love that is pouring into our lives. And remember that text that religion loves to quote at funerals and talk about heaven? He says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. It's never entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared for those who love him. And they always stop there. The Bible doesn't. Doesn't It goes straight on and says, but God has revealed this to us through the Holy Spirit. Did you get it? Yeah, I mean, they told you, didn't they? That's all about heaven, isn't it? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, never entered into the heart of man, things God has prepared for those who love. Like, that's heaven. What are you talking about? It says all of that, yes, eye has never seen. My natural brain can't take it in, it's never before entered into my brain. God says it goes straight on. Read it, 1 Corinthians 2. It goes straight on and says, But God has revealed. We've seen it. We've received it through the Holy Spirit. We're living in a world that this world cannot even comprehend. The fullness of love comes to us through that act of covenant that was made between the Father and the Son. Before time, that was actualized in the covenant blood of Jesus shed at the cross. And now the Holy Spirit, love in action, in our lives, every part of us, in us. And the Holy Spirit is always is. Holy Spirit's never one of these days. Holy Spirit is never, wasn't it wonderful when? Holy Spirit is always is. Always is. And if ever you start on that malarkey of saying, oh, those wonderful days of revival, you know, that word that has no place in the New Testament. When God visited, past tense, no, the Holy Spirit has nothing about it. Drag you into this present moment. Now is... All that ever Jesus died, rose again, ascended to give to you. All that love would pour into your life. The Holy Spirit is now pressing, urgent, excited to do that in your life. Now is. And whenever we say, but yes, what about tomorrow? The Holy Spirit says, we'll get there tomorrow, right now. All that you need for this day as you prepare for tomorrow is the Holy Spirit. This loving kindness is heaven come to earth. See, that's what that prayer that Jesus gave us to pray is all about. It says, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, And yeah, I know, you've been taught that's when you go to heaven. Oh, What's it mean? Be done on earth. I think that's where you're living now. As it is in heaven. As now. The love of God is known between the Father and Son. Celebrated in the Holy Spirit. That be done now. In your little piece of earth. That's what it's saying. Heaven come to earth. As it is in heaven. Uh, another word i suppose in the new testament for loving kindness and i'm kind of stretching because it's it's not but it is is grace grace has a, a it's a different facet but it's yeah it's closely aligned grace is is the gifting of God that pours the enlightenment the Holy Spirit gives is the presence of the Holy Spirit empowering us to be It's, it's the wisdom and understanding of the Spirit giving us discernment grace upon grace upon grace upon grace whereas my African tribal friends said in their pidgin English, oh, plenty too much, plenty too much. It's the overspill of the cup into the saucer. It's all there. Loving kindness. Are you ever blessed? Yeah, but he says more, didn't he? For your loving kindness is before my eyes. Now there you have a Hebrew expression and really before my eyes yeah that I like said that I'm not questioning that uh, as you know as if that should be said something else it's we should understand though what a Hebrew person understood by that when they said something before their eyes they they meant that something had been placed in a high position so you couldn't miss it. And that's, you couldn't miss it. Whatever's going on down here becomes peripheral. This I cannot miss. Or another word that would describe it as conspicuous. You know, it, you, well again, you can't miss it. it it's, it's not part of the scenery. This stands out and it's high so that you, you see it. It, it, and so th- this word um, would mean that my eyes are always drawn to it what, whatever is happening I'm very aware it, it is happening but this is so conspicuous this is so high I am drawn to it. Um, it it would be like saying that it's my compass north when when I'm caught in a hurricane in the middle of the Atlantic I, I, I'm, I'm leaning on my compasses to know where I am and what's going on. That would be this word. It, it means that whatever's happening, this it remains. This is stable. This is established. This is not going to change. All around you, everything's changing. All around you, everything seems to be falling apart. But this, this stays. This is your compass north. And if there's no storm, uh, this is your north star by which you guide. Or the one I used the other day with you, uh, th- this is your uh, GPS. Th- this is, is that gizmo that's going to take you out of being totally at sea and lost and guide you straight to the place uh, that's conspicuous, you see. It's, it, it's, um, it overshadows everything else. You can't miss it. Uh, when it's before your eyes, it, it, it means that it's arresting, you see? So, th- th- this is interesting, but that, I, I come back to that, that's before my eyes. Um, it, it's it's unusual, it's not like what everything is happening here, this is unusual. That That is, it arrests me. Loving kindness before my eyes. I suppose you could say in my face there do you hear what he's saying in every situation every situation with all the voices the clamor all the contradictory voices, the lies for we live probably in the lying has become the stamp of greatness in this world of Chaos and darkness and death. The more lies you tell, the more you're honored in this world. Uh, and I stand in the middle of it. Uh, you know, sometimes you feel, uh, do, I, do I belong here at all? I, I can't fit, I, I can't enter into the discussion, the debate, because and all these voices, they're, they're coming at me and and some of you and this is where I think I speak directly you're, you're depressed depressed over things that happened in the past and they really happened depressed you feel darkness clawing like some hideous demon ghost from the past and, and tries to take over your mind Take over your thoughts so they spiral down into hopelessness and despair take over your emotions and plunge you down into the sewer and that of course plunges your body along with it into sickness. what are you saying I, I said all this is happening all this is happening, but I set your loving kindness that's I know that and your love cleanses and heals my past your love is now my strength and now my wisdom and now my understanding you see what i mean now your love i look to your love i dare not look anywhere else it is all chaos but i look to your love for your love is your doing love, your loving action? I look to your love because you will show, you will demonstrate your covenant love. And notice the next verse that I'm not going to talk any more about except to say, I have walked in your truth. Um, well, this whole issue that we're talking about, this is ultimate truth. There are many things that are true. Many things. Anything. In the past, it's true. In the present, there's many things that are true. But truth, you see, overshadows all. True things change. What was true in your past is no longer true. You're allowing something that is no longer to still control, you see. And, and the, what the weather was yesterday, it was true that it was raining yesterday. That's not true anymore. True changes. But truth is truth, is truth, is truth. At all times, in all places, to all places, the truth never changes. And David said, this truth, this truth concerning who God is, this truth concerning his covenant, this truth concerning his giving himself to me, never changes. And he says, I have walked. Now that's intention, you see. that that On, on David's part. The fact it was before his eyes. I have walked. That is I have chosen in the middle of this world. To keep my eyes steady. Gaze upon your loving kindness. There's the only importance. Everything else now I discuss in the light of that. Everything else I see. I see through that. There is my lens by which I understand life. I see through his loving kindness to life and I get a, a better picture. For what is happening out here in life, That that is only the report of my five senses. I am looking through his loving kindness and I say what, what my five senses see is true, but he is the truth. And I choose, I choose to set set my eyes there i walk deliberately in the truth a deliberate act is it just doesn't happen by default you know Uh, as if i'm some uh, god's puppet that it's he's just going to pull the strings and i will look at his loving kindness no this this is faith this is faith in action this is seeing through the eyes of jesus for Jesus never took his eyes off the loving kindness of His Father, and now He's in us through the Holy Spirit, and we see life through the eyes of Jesus. By, we got it. That's that's my north star. That's that comes first before I discuss anything in life. That's that's my north star. Deliberate act. That being the case, then I. I see the strategy of Satan, which is all through the New Testament. Read the letters of the New Testament, you see it quickly. It's there all the play. Satan's strategy is to blind you. Really, that's about all he's got. Uh, I mean, that's a big all, but that—that's to to blind or to blur, give you the wrong lens. You think about it. Paul prays for believers and the Ephesian believers no less. He prayed for them, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And when the Lord sent the apostle Paul, do you remember his mandate was you go, Paul, and open their eyes. Because once our eyes are open, they'll be open to loving kindness before our eyes. You see, the loving-kindness, the love of God towards you through the Holy Spirit at this moment is as limitless as it ever will be. Our trouble is we're either blind as bats or half-blind, blurred vision, looking at life through the, the glass of the five senses where everything is, is only half-seen blind so so you're, you're excited with what i'm saying but then it's shelved as if i know about that you you would not believe it. how many people over the decades but how many people have said well i know everything you say and, and you you live with them for a day or two and you'll find now they haven't had a word of what i've said It's amazing how the Holy Spirit opens our eyes and in opening our eyes we we see so clearly and realize how blind I've been, how my vision has been blurred. How could I have believed what I believed last week? So open our eyes, Holy Spirit. That's all I ask as I come to talk to you every week. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit, that we might see the hope to which we have been called, that we might see that we really are united with the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and seated him in heavenly places and we're seated with him. That's where we live. And now to see life through the eyes of Jesus. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit. What you look at, I mean, look at, not glance, I mean, look at, you, you're drawn into it. A- and look long enough and you become what you see. That's a fact. I don't have the time to go into that, but that's true. A- and so, as we look at his loving kindness. It begins to change our mind. It begins to cause us to look at all life differently without a big uh, hustle about it. We we learn to do that. We learn to walk in that kind of peace. So you could say then with David in Psalm twenty three, and we in, well, months ago we, we talked a lot about this, where where David said, Surely goodness and you see, in, in, we, we quote from the old King James, Surely goodness and mercy. But the actual word there is this word. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. And that word surely would be better. I mean, surely is okay as long as you say it with surely. So it's, it's a good word if you know how to say it. Surely. Maybe a better word for today would be only what he is saying. There's no room for anything else. Only goodness and your loving kindness. They follow me. And again, as we said those months ago, that word in the Hebrew is relentlessly pursue me. And as David wrote Psalm 23, he was being relentlessly pursued by Absalom who wanted to kill him. But David said, "Between me and Absalom, I have another relentless pursuer. Loving kindness is always on my heels. I I feel his breath on my neck as he surrounds me, protects me. Only uh, whatever else is in my life is not worth talking about. Only for sure, for sure." goodness and loving kindness relentlessly pursuing all the days of my life whatever those days hold so that's why in the Psalms again usually in the context you'll find this word loving kindness the Lord is our refuge the Lord is our fortress right the Lord is our strong tower He's dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty. Right? In the New Testament, it speaks about abiding in Christ, living inside of God. It's the same, same idea. We're, we're, we're embraced. We're bear-hugged by the Holy Spirit who is love in action, loving kindness. So, what can I say? In the middle of the chaos in the middle of all that's happening to you, be still. Because what is happening to you right now, for for real, the truth of what is happening to you, you can't hear it or see it because of the bedlam of noise in your head, uh, of every what if, what if, if only, if only, supposing, and all the rest of it. Be still. Be still. God commands that, so the Holy Spirit is your strength to do it. Be still. And many times when we be still, we feel we're letting ourselves down, uh, as if our worrying and anxiety is going to help anything. And if we stop, then something terrible is going to happen. That's the truth, isn't it? You feel you have to worry, or you're being unfaithful to yourself or to others. You should be worrying about them. Weird, aren't we? No, be still. And in being still, being still, realize everything I've said in the last few minutes. Realize that loving kindness is before your eyes. Realize, realize, be still and realize the truth. And let loving kindness define you rather than your circumstances. And choose, and you'll choose against feeling, that's why I said choose, I didn't say feel. Choose to anticipate His keeping, anticipate God's love in action, expect it. And so honor the blood of Jesus and the faithfulness of your God that he in this part of your life he shall demonstrate his loving kindness. And this covers the most mundane situations. This event you're passing through is inside of his loving kindness. Well, I think that's enough for this week. And I do think we'll probably pursue this word. It, it, it's The Old Testament is so full of it. You can't really talk about it for one hour. So um, we'll be back to talk about this. And until then, this incoming week is your homework, where you shall begin to learn how to see the loving kindness of god in every detail of life and before we close do not forget i know i'm hassling you but um time is rapidly now we're getting i mean within seeing distance of when the registration closes for the retreat so call our office go to our webpage and um Make sure you're there. It's going to be some retreat, uh, and it, all the other people there are of your same mind. And you can, well, I've said it all before. Just make sure you join us for that retreat. And thank you, those of you that have sent special gifts, whereby we've made this uh, broadcast possible. Thank you, and many tens of thousands throughout the world thank you because that's how they listen to this and now the blessing of God who is almighty covenant love the father the son and the holy spirit bless you with eyes wide open to his loving kindness bless you with the Holy Spirit your teacher, your guide who throws light upon your path and opening up your way that you might see you are surrounded with his loving kindness through which you relax into seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So I bless you this week that every incoming day shall be a day of yet further enlightenment and proving and demonstrating his loving kindness in your life. So I bless you. And so it is.